0: Welcome to the first episode of Concafé Almatino, with coffee in the morning. Today with me is a colleague and dear friend, Christoph Berner. Christoph is a training expert in the fintech sector and has seen many trends arise and go by concerning training and education. Thank you for joining me today.
1: Good morning, Hendrik. I'm glad to be here.
0: Let's talk about your area of expertise and give our listeners a look into your vast knowledge about training. Undoubtedly, the training landscape has been changed forever. Let's go back two years. Christoph, what was training like back then?
1: Well, training in general took place on-site, meaning to say you had the audience uh, full frontal uh, and you had to really uh, look into their faces. That is the main thing I would like to say. And uh, online sessions were rather, well, if non-existent you had to do webinars but training in general was pretty much done on site i said and that was the major change that took place uh, when we all know the pandemic hit us and we had to rearrange our concepts um, for conducting trainings as facilitators
0: so training happened basically in a classroom
1: Uh, yes Uh, in a training room classroom I said uh, f- frontal uh, audiences, uh, audiences that would look at, <laughs> look at you and, and pretty much observe you every step you take and obviously not just listen to your voice or look into a screen but also perceive you as a acting person in front of them and, and that was the ma- major change and the biggest change that we had to accommodate uh, as not something we have chosen but something that had to be done or had to be uh figured out so uh, that was really really a challenge looking back but as there was really not a choice i said um we were really quick enough to not bother whether we're going to do it or like it but we had to find ways to to make do and uh make the best out of the situation unprepared i might want to add uh as this was not in our scope uh in that ex- to that extent yes <laughs>
0: Yeah, I can imagine. So March 2020, a lot happened and basically every changed in the span of a week, more or less.
1: So how did
0: your work experience change?
1: As we all were unused to it, uh, meaning I and my colleagues, as well as our audiences, our trainees, um, we pretty much went into this uh, unprepared and uh, we... Weren't quite sure what we were actually doing in the beginning, but as this was something that we wanted to give our best shot at, and we wanted to make sure that trainees would still receive uh, what, A, they would be entitled to, and B, what the necessity demanded, or uh, the knowledge, or the know-how, all the exercises, and so on, um, we came up with Ways of still doing it quite successfully, at least with the means that we had. And what really helped us was also uh, feedback from our audiences, as this was also an unusual situation for them, uh, so that we learn quite a bit. It was constant learning, uh, session by session, trying to adapt and trying to look for methods and, and tactics and also, well, yourself right in the middle of it uh, how are you performing Uh, how would you uh, make sure that you would actually reach the set or the goal that was set for you and um, it was really engaging it was quite interesting and challenging and sometimes also (laughs) a bit frustrating i want to add
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i can imagine that can you delve a little bit deeper into the way and methods of delivering training with this new change
1: Well, only now I've realized, I would have probably talked about this a little different uh, if we would have had this interview maybe a year, one and a half years back. Uh, But now I've realized that actually training principles did not change at all. So if you were having trouble conducting trainees, being a facilitator, making your best and trying to connect to audiences. If that was a problem for you on site, it would still be a problem online, whether you liked it or not. And it is all about interaction and presence, I'd want to say. And uh, the the challenges that came on top of this uh, had to be tackled as keeping everybody interested, making sure you're not just shoving slides, uh, through the internet and and bringing that onto our audience's screen, but also making something out of it that would be engaging and uh, would be captivating. Um, And that was, I think, the biggest challenge, as you only had few selected means of of performing and obviously not the technical know-how at this stage on how you could maybe make things interesting, uh, how you would... uh, be uh, well delivering that to your audience, and and uh, then also trying to get the feedback from them as how you they might have perceived you or the entire content, the session, and so on. So, in ways, nothing really changed, but the how how you would be conducting it that might be a big or very drastic uh, factor for some, but for me, I realized that. If you weren't able to make your trainings interesting back then or uh, under normal circumstances uh, you had still trouble doing it now, <laughs> having lesser means of, of uh, well, conducting your trainings.
0: Okay, so with the new means you were using and as you said it was less possibilities uh, than you had before, how did you go about grabbing the attention of your trainees?
1: Obviously, uh, you had to make it interesting for them or interesting enough to endure uh, on in front of a screen uh, alongside with other trainees or people, for that matter, who were looking at the same challenge. They had to stay on track and they had to follow through with an agenda, a, a program that you had designed. And what obviously we couldn't do, at this stage or at this point, we couldn't let them interact or engage with one another uh, personally. So that had to be somehow fixed or at least that had to be looked into quite quite a bit because group exercises or presentations were far different from what you could have done while you had them on site and uh, bringing them into different groups, drawing posters or, or presenting their yeah their outcomes for the exercises and uh, also the uh, entire well method uh, well, or no, let me just put it this way at uh, the entire structure of the training and what you could do um put you at a point where you have to really think what tools could be available what uh sessions you could conduct that you could still get that from back then. You could still get that uh, attention-grabbing uh, stuff. I might want to say that a training would f- would make a training come to life. So uh, we were looking into things. I was looking into things. I was not really uh, discovering everything myself, but we had discussions with amongst our train uh, trainer colleagues, and uh, we were looking into well tools like big. Whiteboards that you could use online. Uh, how you could rearrange your group work sessions. How could you maybe use chat and uh, video streaming services, uh, which gave you the ca- capability to set up different groups that which would at some point interact and it, on the other end then just stop interacting and maybe uh, just do it maybe in pairs. And and that was really a uh, key to uh transferring the training to an online uh platform um but it was just that's just a few things that that I just mentioned and it actually will go on with creating your presentations uh, a little more lively and a little more uh or well, attention grabbing i would say yes,
0: okay, so you heavily relied on the technology that was available to you um I can imagine it sure was a learning process
1: to see what works and what doesn't. Did you test out multiple things? Um well at first there wasn't really much room for testing. Uh, it was just something interesting uh, coming your way or something maybe a colleague told you about and you'll just look at it and the testing would pretty much take place while you're conducting your session. You had an idea or you could how you could transfer maybe portions or parts of your training uh, onto a different uh, platform and then you would just try to devise it and you pretty much had the first training group uh, receive <laughs> the outcome and then you would just uh, try to cope and make sense of it how uh, successful you actually been and that i really relied a lot on the feedback and uh, that was pretty much key uh, on of what I would still use or, or some of the ideas I had would not no longer use and and in time within a few weeks a month of time um we compensated for quite a bit and and for the things that we thought at first we had lost <laughs> and uh that was quite a big uh, relief for us that we actually discovered bit by bit that it can be done and you would just be the person who had to try out and, and figure out the new stuff.
0: We all know that the German bureaucracy came to a halt because everything needs to be in printed form. Do you think Germany was prepared technology-wise to handle this kind of situation? And what did the company landscape look like?
1: It, it caught us by surprise. Um, nobody saw it coming uh, to that degree and uh, to that extent. So a lot of things weren't ready yet and... Uh, I also know that quite a few companies struggled and um, you would have re- heavily rely on making sure that all the departments that you would rely on to conduct the training not just uh by you being a trainer but also by the uh means of uh all the back end uh stuff that had to be ready uh that you would get them on board and try to discuss and how you could reach the audience uh, and, and get everything ready, uh, protocols, certificates and so on. So uh, those, it's quite a big change, but everybody understood quite quickly uh, how that this had to be done and they were looking into things and we had a lot of meetings and we had a lot of discussions and we uh, sometimes were not so well prepared but we decided that we're just simply going to do it. And also, I would want to add, a lot of these things we could have maybe reverted, we could have gone back to old school handling, uh, but we also discovered that uh, some of the things were quite neat and streamlined, and would also have an advantage for both the company and the employees, the, the trainees for that matter, and uh, that was quite a discovery. Can you give an example for that, for our audience? Well, in in the past, we used a lot of paper, uh, for, printed it out, uh, and had trainees sign certificates and so on. And that could all be done online through uh, software solutions that that could actually uh, send these certificates to trainees and uh, play, have them place their digital signatures underneath. Um, we could actually send a lot of the uh, material to them online before the training started which we usually would bring along when we met them and when we started the training and it also meant that we uh, had a paradigm shift, that you could actually prepare your trainees a whole lot better uh, when you uh, give them a, a heads up, when you give out material, when you could actually accelerate their understanding because most of them would come Prepared and maybe with the right proper mindset, uh, and that really was a game changer. Also,
0: and where's training at right now? How far did you come in the last one and a half years? And would you like to go back to the old ways?
1: Well, it, it hopefully it doesn't come a surprise to you. Or it doesn't sound odd, but I'd still prefer on-site trainings over online trainings when it comes to uh, attaching with the audience and being present. Um, But that doesn't mean that I would always decide to conduct on-site trainings in general because they're better. They have a different feel to it. And when you can choose, uh, because you're still going to be prepared and you have actually uh, gained some insight and some knowledge about certain ways of conducting training that you could always make decisions on how you would like to deliver your trainings to the audience and if you're really let's say far apart or you're working at diff- distant locations or different locations either trainees or trainers um, you could actually speed things up and if your online trainings are still uh, wholesome and when they're still uh interesting and capture the audience uh, you could then just say well I'm going to travel there or I'm just going to see them online no matter which way I'm going to do it they're still going to receive the best uh, solution that I was able to come up with because now we I said we have learned and we have discovered and uh, developed so I would say that right now nowadays we have just simply received further options and we've gotten better at uh, looking into different options
0: that is definitely an interesting view thank you very much uh... do you have any tips for our listeners how any of us
1: can keep the audience engaged and interested in what we're showing them well tips and tricks (laughs) that's always a little difficult because i believe that tips and tricks will actually not make you a better trainer or make your trainings better um, when you try to endeavor into new territory and you might feel a little uncomfortable then don't try to um, well hide that or don't try to be nervous just because of that because that's absolutely normal because I perceived it that way and actually helped me a lot to overcome these feelings or notions um, and you just have to look at your failures at the Graveyard of failures and maybe the feelings that you might have after training uh, that you didn't perform that well or the audience uh, gave you feedback that would question your ability and so on. Um, just try to look into things that uh, deliver you as the trainer that you are. Uh, Obviously, on-site trainings are not always perfect and you're trying to evolve and develop yourself and your skill set. So do the same with the online trainings. Um, Discuss with colleagues or look into ideas and don't do anything you're uncomfortable with just because someone tells you this is neat or this has a certain advantage for your trainings. Um, Obviously, try if you want to, but don't do anything that you wouldn't naturally do in on-site trainings. Um, and always make sure that you connect with the audience, and that might be a, a little bit of a, a problem uh, when you're just looking into screen. So connecting is a little harder and more a little more difficult than usual, but that is going to be key, I'd say. So and and yes, obviously, tips and tricks, I would say, is. Um, perceive yourself in front of the screen Uh, sometimes a little awkward looking at yourself and your gestures and your uh motion but try to get a good picture of yourself and try to see whether you like what you're seeing (laughs) and whether you um have uh what a connecting uh that takes place within the training so addressing your audience um being diverse uh not dull in that sense uh just talking through and uh yes that that's i think what i would recommend for newcomers to that and obviously there's a whole lot more <laughs> thank you very much before we end
0: this episode if you were a kind of coffee with regards to this
1: topic of training what type of coffee would you be i think i'd be a regular french press coffee uh No additives, no machinery, uh, just the ground coffee and some boiling hot water, leaving it at rest for a bit. And uh, yeah, (laughs) short answer for that one. (laughs) And a bit of milk, obviously. That's me.
0: Interesting choice. Thank you, Christoph, for taking the time to be here and starting off my podcast series Concafé Almatino. Thank you for having me. Dear listeners, if you have any further questions for Christoph, feedback on today's episode or if we've piqued your interest, feel free to reach out to us on LinkedIn or Instagram. We'll do our best to answer every question sent in during the next two weeks. Thank you for tuning in. The next episode will be released within two weeks and you will find it in Apple Podcasts. Arrivederci. Have a beautiful day.